This is the Cameron Journal Podcast. It's a place where we talk about important things. It's a place where we bring a little slice of the news to you. It's a place where we do important things, have important conversations. It's also things that I like to talk about. My name is Cameron Cowan, and this is the Cameron Journal Podcast. Today on the Cameron Journal podcast, we are welcoming John Mendez from the podcast Walk to Wealth. Um, He reached out to me because um, we had a same person on our podcast, and he has been doing this wonderful thing where he is uh, helping various and sundry other uh, realtors do social media, marketing, all this sort of wonderful thing. And his podcast is lovely as well and is super informative. So for all my business-minded subscribers, this one is definitely for you. And we're going to ask him about his whole journey, what he's up to, what he's doing, what his story is, all this sort of thing, and hopefully learn some interesting stuff along the way. So welcome, John, to the Cameron Journal Podcast. How are you? Hey, Cameron. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm a on a bit of a high note today. So, you know, just riding on this high wave of energy and, you know, just enjoying my day so far. Glad to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Oh, you're very welcome. Are, are anything of note that you want to mention that was the good thing that happened? Yeah. So um, I literally just yesterday, I taught my, um, my, was it fourth, fourth, third, yeah, fourth social media class. Um, and it went very well. I had a, close to 275 sign up for that one. And uh, I upselled because that class was free. Uh, yeah. Most of my webinars, if not all my webinars are free, but I upselled to a workshop for the first time at the end of the webinar. And it wasn't a hard sell at all. I kind of just kind of dropped it at the end and that was for 20 spots. So I ended up getting that filled out and that was paid. So, you know, that went super well and that workshop is going to be tomorrow. So, you know, prepping for that. And literally yesterday, today, I have done this thing called speaker Payhouse. Where it's like mm-hmm. we're speakers and people with platforms kind of it's like a speed networking type of thing and it's on zoom and it's free and i hopped on that because one of my friends invited me so that was a couple hours ago and that went super well so i, I was able to connect with a couple of good people there and then i just had an interview for my show right before this with an amazing guest so um on a bit of a like a really high note right now mainly because the social media class went super well but it just continued to keep on going yeah no you're you're riding you're riding the wave i might have to come to that speaker thing um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, well, why don't we start from the, that is all very exciting and it's, you're very busy and you're doing a lot. Why don't we start from the beginning and why don't you tell us, um, who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So, uh, my name is John Menes. I'm the host of the Walk to Wealth podcast, where I enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. And a little bit of what I do right now, my sole purpose is podcasting. Uh, I spent a lot. So as you can probably read from my bio, I made it really fancy. I hired a guy, uh, this chick on Fiverr to write it up for me. And she did a very great job of 
making me sound like a super amazing human being. And uh, I think I am. But uh, for long story short, I did a lot of things. I have my licensed realtor. Uh, I started a social media marketing agency, which is kind of how I dabbled into the teaching classes. And I have my own podcast and I'm still at a restaurant. And I was trying to juggle all four of those things last year. And it was going south for me. You know, my podcast was my numbers were actually going down. My real estate business, I wasn't getting clients. My social media business, I had one client and realized this isn't what I want to do. And on top of that, I was still at the restaurant, although my goal was to leave last year in February. So none of the plans that I originally had set out were going how I expected them to go. And it wasn't until around December where I had to, I was just decided like, Hey, I need to double down. And I started learning about different concepts, which we'll probably get into later in this conversation, which made me really realize what I'm truly meant to do, which is focusing on my podcast. And that's how, where I got to where I am today. In a nutshell, I skipped over fast forward a lot of the story, but no, that's all right. <clears throat> that's where I'll come in and ask some some pointed questions. So, uh, yes, young people building wealth, all this type of thing. Um, why why did you pick of all the ways to sort of make money entrepreneurially? Why did you pick real estate? So at first, it was because um, a little bit of context. I was not a natural born entrepreneur. I don't. I didn't have the paper route. I didn't have the lemonade stand. I wasn't selling candy and. and candy bars at school. This is something that's still relatively newer to me. And it wasn't until I'd say November of 2020 when I had the pan, uh, the pandemic happen. And it was around that time I was the sophomore in college and I was taking classes from on, from home. And I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And from there, I, the poor dad in the book, a lot of the ways of viewing the world resonated with how I was brought up. And it made me even more curious as to why the rich dad thought about things the way he did. And so that winter break, I kind of dove into the, you know, looking into personal finance and entrepreneurship and real estate, something that really, you know, came to, you know, came to my interest. And I ended up signing up for a $500 course on wholesaling. Uh, for all anyone that may not know, I'd briefly explain it. It's not too serious. Pretty much you have a house that you want to sell. Let's say you want to select your house, Cameron, for a hundred thousand. Uh, I'll get it under contract. I find someone that wants to buy it for 110. You sell the house, buyer gets the house. I keep the $10,000 difference. Long story short, not too important. But um, I was told by an attorney that I couldn't do that. And so I was kind of discouraged for a little bit. But then I started working at K Jewelers and I was helping people get engagement rings and the smile on their faces without helping get them rings. And I was already had an interest in real estate and I was already pursuing my class. I was like, you know what? If I need my license, I might as well just become an agent. And so that's how I, I dove into the, the real estate space and became a real estate agent. Nice. No, that's really cool. That's a lot of people. That's, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's something a lot of people try, but very few people are actually ever successful at. Yeah. Um, And so the fact that you kind of already were trying to get into deals like that and do that sort of thing is, is pretty amazing, you know, because yeah. most people don't necessarily don't necessarily do do that and all that sort of thing. So uh right so uh why don't you where are you from i'm i'm in seattle where where did you grow up so i grew up here in, in stanford connecticut um not the coolest part of connecticut connecticut i feel like now that i'm being interviewed and interviewing tons of people for across you know all over the place it's somewhere that not a lot of people know too much about i feel like it's one of the more boring states so uh for i usually just say i'm 45 minutes out from the city because most people don't really know about connecticut the, uh, geography 
Well, it is kind of, Connecticut sometimes is very difficult because it's a bedroom community for New York. It's bedrooms. Yeah. It's a bedroom state for New York City. So that's <laughs> that's it. No, that and that's a I mean, that's a real estate in that region is there's a lot of it, but it's also mm-hmm. a very established market. So I'd imagine it would be hard to break in. Yeah. So honestly, in terms of breaking in, it, it's oh, not all that difficult if you honestly want to put the effort in full transparency. I didn't find success in real estate, but my focus was elsewhere the whole entire time. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was selling houses left and right. But if you come in, especially if you're young and hungry, it's the room for to take over and to get what's yours. And it's like, if you have an abundance mindset, it, a lot of people have operating out of scarcity not even just in real estate but in entrepreneurship and just life in general and you could be successful and still have enough houses for everyone else to eat and get you know their own piece of the pie as well and if you just come into real estate and you're just willing to you know commit to 20 contacts a day prospecting for two hours at least minimum two to three hours prospecting and just trying to book at least one appointment a week, whether that's buying or selling, you should definitely be focused on the selling side. But if you just stick to having 20 conversations a day, that'll compile. And as long as you're following up a lot of those people, you're it's pretty much almost guaranteed to find success if you just stick with it. 20 conversations, 20 meaningful conversations about real estate a day. As I said, for me, I was just too distracted on doing the podcast, the real estate, the social media agency, and the restaurant all at the same time. And it wasn't until I started doubling down at the podcast, which is why I'm starting to find a lot of success in. Um, and, but yeah, but for real estate, it's something that it's easier than people think if you're just willing to work and stay consistent and disciplined. Yes. Why don't we talk about your podcast then? Um, tell us about what it is, what you do, who you interview, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so definitely. I gave the quick spiel about enlightening and empowering young adults. Uh, but that really all started where one of my guys, he pretty much was like, hey, one day, um, we always talked about life and goals and things like that. But one day he suggested like, hey, bro, maybe we should start a podcast. And I was like, you know what? I think that'd be a good idea. And so he ended up going back to college. I had already left school to get into uh, real estate. And I still wanted to move forward with it, although our schedules didn't align. But after about four months of procrastinating, I finally came up with the name Walk to Wealth. And the meaning behind the name is for the 99% of us that aren't overnight sensation, it's a long walk. And some may walk faster than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? And for me, that name, as soon as it hit me, I was like, this is the one. And from there, you know, I ended up creating my trailer. And then a month after that, posted my first episode. So I've been in it a little bit over a year. And my main four pillars of conversation are usually around uh, real estate, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and mindset. And I interviewed, you know, a lot of industry experts in those areas. Um, And for me, the main reason I wanted to do it and stick with it, despite, you know, me and my friend not being able to come together to do it, you know, co-host, is because I wanted something where I could help others, help inspire them, help educate them, but also document my journey at the same time in real time because so many people wait until they're successful, until they, you know, made a lot of money to start giving back. And then when they do give back, it's like, hey, buy my course, sign up for my webinar, sign up for this. And it's always something, you know, you know, some high ticket item or something like that, or asking for money. And for me, I wanted to find a way where I could help people out literally in real time. And while I'm also helping the younger demographic, because a lot of them, they don't want to listen to people that are older. But like for me, it's still being relatively young i only just turned 21 last year and so it's like i'm still fresh into the game 
and I'm on the way there. So let me start something where it's like I can create a movement of young people that don't want to take the traditional route and want to build a wealthy, abundant life. Yeah, one of the things I've I've noticed about the uh, the younger set that I is <clears throat> very different attitude from when I was that age, which has been 13 years ago, um, when I was 21 in the heady days of 2009. Great, great time to be graduating from college just then. Um, it is so many of the younger set, they're not like as millennials, we were very trained to go to college, get good job, take the corporate route, all that type of thing. Uh, the Gen Z crowd seems to have a, a quite of a different, a different view. And I've noticed that there's a lot of people like, not saying that you're like these people, but I'm, I'm noticing that there's a lot of people with that same sort of, you know, catering to young people who want to do a different thing, who want to start their own business, do their own thing, or, you know, make a lot of money and kind of advance that way. Um, why do you think that is? Because the definition of security that we've been fed is a lie. Security is not getting a degree. Security is putting, taking things into your own hands. Now, not everyone should go start their own business, right? We're not all cut out to be successful entrepreneurs, right? Not everyone has what it takes. But the entrepreneurial way of life is something that everyone can adopt. You know, the, person, the continual pursuit of, personal development and personal growth, the going to conferences to, you know, build on your skills, build on your, you know, on and improve and learn, educate, network. The thing, the way, the way of an entrepreneur is something that everyone can, um, can pretty much can adopt into their life in one way or another. But now that information is so much more easily accessible, there's really no excuse. And the only reason to go to college, really, I feel personally, is to network and to learn how to live your own. Because 80% of the jobs that are out there is who you know. Only 20, about 20 to 30% of jobs on the market are like advertised on like Indeed and stuff like that. The rest of their jobs, you have to know someone, right? It's some sort of networking. And then learning how you live on your own. College is a great place to get that first baby step into the adult world that while still some kind of in a way not being... Um, not being fed completely to the wolves. There's still like a kind of a gated fence. So you're not facing all the consequences of what you would normally in the real adult world, but you also kind of get to experience what it's like to be on your own. So that's, I feel like the only two main reasons, aside from, you know, being a doctor or a field where you actually have to go. But if you want to start a business, you want to learn copywriting, if you want to learn sales, whatever it is, for the most part, you could literally teach yourself, buy a course online, literally start a podcast. Let's say you wanted to become, I don't know. We wanted to go into marketing, start a podcast on marketing and interview the top 10 marketers in your, in your local area. And now that's pretty much your degree right there. Just interviewing people in the marketing space. Now that's something that you want to pursue by all means, go for it. If it's something that you don't want to pursue, start a podcast about something else and, you know, interview some more industry professionals. And that's your information. Cause you're going to get so much more from getting in the field and from, you know, talking to tested experts that than you would reading and picking up a book. Of course, reading is great. But if you could talk directly to the source, it always beats, you know, reading a book because you, you get real access to the information. Yeah, I, that's, and I think that's an interesting, an interesting I, idea. I, I think it's, I think it's a bit, uh, I think it's sad for society um, to have less people getting education, but I certainly understand the economic impulses behind it. And define education. What's education to you? 
Well, by by that, I mean formal education. All of that to say, when it comes to things like sales and marketing, I couldn't agree with you more. When people say, oh, I'm in business school, what should I do? I'm like, go get a sales job. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, jewelry, cell phones, whatever, don't doesn't matter. When you understand how people buy and sell things, that will put you 50 feet ahead of everybody else who has no clue and has never tried to sell anything in their entire lives. Um, and, and you can always tell in business and marketing who's never sold so much as a cup of lemonade. You know, they didn't even sell Girl Scout cookies when they were a kid. Um, you know, a product that sells itself. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I always think, I mean, I think I agree with you. That is definitely a a, a good way to to learn things quickly without necessarily getting bogged down in the formal in the formal education process but yeah it, I, yeah i think personally i think society as a whole kind of put this this idea of formal education on a pedestal and now we live in the age of information where as i said you could learn anything you want there's really entirely no need for it, honestly, unless you're going into a field that needs it. But even think about it, when it comes to doctors and lawyers, the only reason that you have to go through so much schooling is because they want to make the barrier to entry so high to keep the salaries in that profession insanely high because they're pretty much creating artificial you know, boundaries. They're making the, the supply artificially scarce, right? Not a lot of people are willing to go through 10 years of you know, a schooling post you know, bachelor's and that why that's why there's so so few doctors, and that's why from scarcity they could charge insane rates because there's so few of them. Um, but for the most part, I think it's great for people that need a little more structure and learning. Not everyone's an autodidact where they could just teach themselves, but it, it all really depends on your learning style. But it's definitely something that should be taken off the pedestal because there's so many more ways out there to one find meaning to learn about certain things like back in the day they used to teach a lot more trades nowadays people don't know anything about trades i don't i barely know anything about trades myself but you know not having a father figure in my life i wasn't taught you know how to change the car tire things like that or like little life essentials that you know could help out along the way so it's like there's that and especially in the immigrant community i grew up uh based up with the dominican grandparents they they're the ones that raised me and when i told them i dropped out of college they were so sad it's like i was going to be the first person in our family to graduate and I had a great grades. I had a three, seven, eight when I was in school, but it's like, once I, I opened my eyes and opened my seeing the light that there was another way of viewing the world, another way of learning and going about the world out there. It's like, I couldn't shut my eyes back again and not see what I learned. No, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. I, it's funny you mentioned changing a tire because um, when I was 16, my dad, my dad actually made me take a perfectly, my perfectly good tire off of my perfectly good van so I would know how to change a tire. And it was a good thing he did because that skill has come in handy many times in my life. So um, yes, I totally, I totally get and, and understand that. And I think that that too is, is underutilized. Um for sure. I just, I think it's fascinating how, and I think this is a symptom of the, of the modern media environment, like what you've done with your podcast. Like now there are people who are, you know, seeing something on TikTok and they're starting a business and, you know, 
we had Vine, which was the same thing as TikTok back yeah. in the day, but nothing serious was happening on Vine. Okay, people were throwing water bottles and doing tricks and all this type of thing. We were not serious. So that, but like, but now like the, the like like with you talking about like start a podcast to show your journey and all this type of thing, that would have never occurred to us. And we had podcasts back then. We did. They came out in two thousand two. It's not like we didn't have some of the stuff we did have. It would have never occurred to any of us to do that. And I think it's okay. so brilliant that now like with what you've done and all this type of thing, that's now a thing. And all of a sudden yeah. people are sharing information, they're getting, you know, more knowledge, they're getting educated, all this type of thing. Absolutely fascinating and very impressive because I don't think I had that motivation at 21. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was tired. I did my whole bachelor's in two and a half years. I was exhausted. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that's absolutely, absolutely fascinating. Who is your favorite podcast guest so far? I always got to give credit to my, uh, the guy named Vic Manzo. He talks about, you know, quantum laws and mm. the way he t goes into depth about it is very different because you hear quantum laws, you hear like law of abundance and it's getting to the point where it's so cliche. Everyone talks about it, but no one really knows how to, how it actually works. But one of the, I guess the two main takeaways I got from his episode is like a lot of these quantum laws works in, works in pairs of three. And so it first starts off with the law of vibration, right? Whatever frequency we're, that we're vibrating at, that's what will then attract, will attract everything on that plane. Similarly to like how, at least up here in the Northeast, we have, you know, hot 97. If you turn on hot 97 in the car, you know, you're going to hear hip hop, right? You know, you're going to hear hip hop rap and probably R&B. But like, if you're on a station that you don't like, right? You have to realize a lot of people don't know that one, that they're a radio station. And then two, a lot of people don't realize that they can tune the radio station to, you know, a better frequency that they actually, that serves them better. And a lot of the people are just running on autopilot and they're on a bad radio station and a bad frequency and attracting negative things. Cause that's the second thing you attract whatever, whatever's at that frequency. And from there, the things that you attract eventually start manifesting. And so it's the law of vibration, then the law of the attraction, then a the law of manifestation. And then the second amazing thing that he taught me was uh, the law uh, is idea called non-sacrifice. We're always taught that we have to give up certain things in order to become successful. We got to give up certain things in order to, to obtain other things. And he talks about this idea of non-sacrifice where you never are losing out. You're never giving up something when you're choosing what you'd love to do. And just that way of viewing it just was like definitely a paradigm shifter for me. No, that's quite, that's, that's, I mean, there's, yeah, I, I can definitely see how, that would be a huge mindset shift in terms of getting yourself in the right headspace to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, and, and then also have the patience and wherewithal to wait for that to bear fruit. Um, and it, and it takes a while. I always joke, um, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Um, and I tell people they're kind of like, you know, I did, I was, did some TV appearances last year and, um, even people who'd known me for a long time were very impressed and it grew the brand and all this type of thing. And I tell people, I said, yeah, it took eight years to get here. And it wasn't even American television, it was international television. I said, it took eight years to get that, to let, to be in the place where I could, I could do that. Um, and and I started super young. I started in politics when I was 17, working for the state legislature in Colorado. I had already, by the time I was your age, I had already had and ended a music career and had moved on to something else. 
Um, and it done super boring gigs and grocery stores and all this type of thing um, for live entertainment and all this sort of thing. Um, but I mean, getting like attracting in that sort of thing um, and kind of being willing to leave your comfort zone behind is uh, is quite quite important. But I can see how that mindset shift would make it possible. Yeah, definitely. It's something that, you know, um, interviewing people is something that I was always been very open minded, but it's something that I love. One of my main reasons for just continue on with the podcasting um, It's just being able to see so many different people's perspective on certain viewpoints and being able to try and kind of we're almost all like melting pots where at least if you're open minded, you become a melting pot. A lot of people are closed minded. But like when you're open minded, you're able to learn from different people, take the good you know, leave out the parts that you, you know, may not apply to your life or the parts that you may think are negative that or that you just disagree with. And you take the parts that you do agree with and you just get into all these different conversations with all these different people from all these different walks of life. And you just kind of, you know, aggregate all that together and just compile that into yourself and then mix that with your own personal experience. And it's kind of like you become a giant melting pot of all these different perspectives. And you just, I feel like you gain a lot more wisdom that way as well. Yes. I mean, there's, it, that's kind of one of the reasons why I like being an interesting people podcast is because I have all sorts of different people on like yourself. Um, and I, I normally do news politics and things like that. Um, but the great thing I love about talking to people like you is like, I, I don't, I used to do work in the property management side of real estate. I've never bought and sold anything. Don't own a house. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I never, um, I never, you know, really kind of had a chance to do any of that stuff because I've been a writer and writing books and doing all this sort of thing. But the great thing is I don't have to go and do that. I can just talk to people like you and you'll tell me what's happening over there. And so yeah. I that's the that's one of my favorite things about this is, you know, you get to have a conversation with somebody and learn about a whole new world that you probably didn't even know was there. But there's the person right in front of you telling you about how it's going. Yeah, it's definitely something that, as I said, it's like a networking hack. Because a lot of times for me, what I've been realizing too, it's like, it's not even the interviews where you get the most value. It's like that 10 minutes after the conversation's over when the, the, the recording turns off, where it's like a lot of my connections have been formed. Like a lot of times where I really rapport well with somebody, I, you know, just stay after and just have like just a conversation. If we both have the free time and it permit, like our schedule permits, it's like we just continue the conversation and you know, I've been able to make tons of like amazing conversations. I mean, ha tons of amazing connections with some of these people. I've been able to join a mastermind and, you know, within that mastermind, literally there's another guy whose podcast I'm going to be on. He was also on the mastermind call and I met the two people on entirely different occasions. I did not know that they had any connection connections at all. And then I have a guy that I'm also planning a virtual summit. Um, a guy that I'm I'm interviewing for that, I hopped on he he hopped on my podcast, but I hopped on somebody else's podcast from the UK, and the guy that's on my summit was the coach for the guy whose podcast I hopped on in the UK, and so it's like you start networking, making a connection, and you realize it's, it's really a small world, it's really a small world, um, and you'll meet people and you know have these secondary and tertiary connections with people that. You probably would have never even knew kind of existed had we not had this medium where we could talk over the internet. 
Yeah, no, that is, I mean, it is, it is a lot of fun. Last year, I had a lot of international guests. I interviewed a, a businessman who was doing development work in West Africa, um, uh. which, I mean, I remember a time when such a conversation over that distance would not have been possible. And, it, and if it was, it would have been very expensive. Um, so we used to pay a lot of money to call that far um, back in the day. But now it's so easy. And we were able to talk about business and all this type of thing. I talked to a guy who used to be the uh, head of Goodyear Tire and Pirelli Tire and got to live in Italy for five years in Milan um, and all that sort of thing. And so you just, I absolutely agree with you. You just find these random people, places, and you get to have these conversations. And it's absolutely fascinating. So that's yeah. that's perfect. Yes. Well, we've reached that point in the show when we do plugs. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, how they can get in touch, where they can listen, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I genuinely, uh, you know, always I never take these opportunities for granted. So I appreciate you. I know how hard it is to grow a podcast and grow an audience in the fan base. So I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And for anyone that found any value in this episode or thinks I'm a little cool, uh, go to www.walk2wealth.com. That's walk2wealth.com. And there you could find all my podcast episodes and connect with all my social media from there. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the Cameron Journal podcast. My pleasure. It was an amazing opportunity. That's all for this episode of the Cameron Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Visit us online at CameronJournal.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I love to talk to my followers and listeners. So please feel free to uh, get us on social media at Cameron Cowan on Twitter. And we'll see you next time on the Cameron Journal Podcast.